This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. Glad to be with you today. And today we're going to talk about weight loss. Okay, okay, not not exactly that. We're actually going to talk about why your body matters to God and how this interaction between the physical and the spiritual is actually something that we need to acknowledge as part of how we live faithfully as Christians. And it does kind of, you know, talk a little about weight loss because if I want to acknowledge this head on. Um, I personally have lost quite a bit of weight over the past three months, four months. And I want to say I've done this healthily. I haven't done some sort of quirky weirdness, although sometimes a little obsessive about diet things. But I've been doing this because of some actual personal reflections off of how to deal with stress and trauma, but also just a conviction that as I get older, I turned 40 this summer, I needed to pay better attention to the way that the physical reality that God has created with me, you know, me in. I'm in a body. I will always be an embodied person. How that interacts with my life on every category, whether it's from the spiritual life of walking with God to my relational life, that we can't actually separate ourselves into categories. So I want to talk a couple podcasts on why your body matters to God and how the physical realities deeply impact spiritual realities. So let's lay some theological foundation first, and then I'm going to talk you through some practical implications, particularly with my life, how it impacted me in dealing with the trauma of stress and the trauma of June 2nd. Okay, so first, let's talk about the theological foundation here. Your body matters to God, and I'm going to make the argument that the physical self matters to God by walking you through just a really quick outline of the biblical teaching. So one way to think about the story of the whole Bible is to use the meta-narrative, these big categories of creation, fall, redemption, and new creation, that the Bible begins with God as creator, that something shatters the good world that God has made in the fall as sin enters through human choice and Satan's temptation, that redemption is God coming in Jesus Christ to buy back for himself that which sin has broken, and that ultimately in the new creation, we will see God renew all that sin has broken and restore everything to perfection forever. Now, each point in that biblical meta narrative says something about why our physical self matters. So think with me on creation. When God makes man in his image, he makes him physical. That's incredibly important. You know, God could have created Adam as a merely spiritual being, but he didn't. He formed him from the dust of the ground. God, like a potter, has his hands in the dirt. And so he pronounces over this physical self that he gives Adam that you are very good indeed. He breathes into the physical self the breath of life. And in that way, God shows us that we're never going to be just a breath of life spirit being, but we're never just a purely dust of the earth physical being. We are always spiritual physical beings. 
That's how God created everything. And even in the fall, I want you to see that the fall impacts the physical. When Adam sins, God pronounces a curse in Genesis 3. He says, cursed is the ground because of you. That is incredibly significant because remember, when God created man, it says he formed him from the dust of the ground and he gave Adam a name, Adama. The, the word Adam means ground or dirt. So Adam is literally named, you are a groundling, a person made of the stuff of the earth. And so when God says, cursed is the ground because of you, it means that the sin curse is going to affect everything in the physical realm, including the physical body. That tells you that the sin curse doesn't just affect us spiritually, it affects us physically. Why do you have cancer? Why are migraine headaches a thing? Why is it that everything that tastes delicious makes you fat? Because of sin. It's a sin curse thing. The fall is a physical curse. But then the next movement in God's work is redemption, that God is sending in Jesus the perfect man to make all things new, to begin God's creative work of restoring what sin is broken. And Jesus didn't come as a spirit. I mean, think of what we're going to celebrate at Christmas, the virgin birth, the manger. It's so physical. It's so tangible. Jesus didn't just look like he had a body. He had a body, and he has a body. He is risen. Think of the resurrection and its implication. He has died never to die again and is forever the God-man. In the new heavens and new earth, Jesus is in this physical self. It's miraculous. It's incredible. So even in the redemptive work of Jesus, we see he takes on a body and he keeps one. Ultimately, bring us then to the end of the new creation. And all I will say is simply, if you read Revelation 19, 20, 21, that is not a picture of merely spiritual disembodied people floating around. No, it's a picture of heaven and the new heavens and new earth as a city that comes down. The new creation is having trees and plants and food a city with ground, even incredible golden streets. But these are all physical, tangible things. So the physical self matters, and God created it to matter. That's very important because for Christians, we reject some false teachings with regard to the natural world and the physical self. We reject the idea of naturalism. The idea of evolutionary naturalism, that there is no such thing as a creator God, and that we are just the products of random chance. No, we're not the products of random chance. The physical self matters because God made it to matter. So we reject naturalism. But we also need to reject what we could call dualism. And this is a subtle temptation, and I hear the sort of dualistic thinking and talking come out of Christians and churches all the time. Dualism works like this. It says the physical self is evil, the spiritual self is good. So I need to cultivate my spiritual life. You'll hear people say like, man, I'm coming into worship and I'm just praying, God, you'd free me the distractions of my life so that I could worship you. You know, that is actually biblical nonsense. Romans 12 is an incredibly important passage here. It says, Romans 12, 1 and 2, right? That in view of the mercies of God, we are to present ourselves to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable 
to God, that this is our spiritual act of worship, that this is our act of worship. Our act of worship is the offering of literally the physical self to God, offering the Romans, we'll talk about how we offer the members of our body, the literal physical pieces of us to God as an act of worship. That's not saying the spiritual self is good and the physical self is bad, okay? So your physical life is not bad. Your job is not less than spiritual. It matters to God because God created the physical. There's no such thing as a spiritual part of your life and a physical part of your life. Every part of your life is woven together because Jesus is not only Lord over your devotional time, he's Lord over your drive to work. He is Lord over the work that you do. He's Lord over your body, not just over your spirit. So Christian teaching, I'm just going to give you the quick summary on this again, stresses that your body, your physical self matters to God, and that one day in the resurrection and in the new heavens and new earth, you will be raised again to be an incorruptible embodied self. You are forever living in a perfect body. You are never just floating around like a spirit. That has nothing to do with Christianity. That's dualism. Christianity says your body matters to God now and forever. And that means you personally, you are never just a spiritual self or a physical self. All of these are wedded together in such a way that the spiritual self and the physical self play off of one another, that they influence one another deeply. Which means, I'm just going to state it pretty clearly here, it's hard for me to imagine a person who is deeply healthy in their walk with Jesus, who is deeply unhealthy in the physical body. Now, here's what I don't mean. I don't mean that disability means you can't have a healthy spiritual life. I think of Joni Erickson Tata, who was paralyzed in her late teenage years and has lived as a paraplegic and a witness to the power of God in suffering. Sometimes the suffering of this present age impacts the physical self in a way that actually doesn't crush our spiritual life but deepens it. So I'm not saying that a traumatic accident means you're forever condemned to not have a full spiritual life. That's not what I'm saying. Here's what I am saying that the choices that we make physically, the sort of foods we put into our bodies and consume, the sort of sleep that we get, that all of those pieces of the physical puzzle deeply affect and relate to the depths of our spiritual walk. Like, don't be surprised if you don't actually carefully tend to sleeping well if your time with the Lord in the morning is groggy and somewhat useless. That doesn't have a lot to do with you needing a better devotional habit. You just need to go to bed a little earlier, maybe sleep in the dark, stop staring at a TV screen till the moment you go to sleep, stop drinking coffee after two o'clock in the afternoon. Look, those are spiritual realities, spiritual things happening deeply influenced by this physical. And nothing has illustrated this to me more than my own journey through this summer with um, processing the trauma of June 2nd. So after the shooting that occurred here at Cornerstone on June 2nd, I've never cried so much. I've never hurt so much. I've never cried so much with people who are hurting so much. 
And we were blessed to have some incredibly godly and wise Christian trauma counselors who came to work with our staff, with students, with so many people who were there. And they served us in some incredible ways. One of the things that they taught us that has stuck with me incredibly deeply was they said that trauma doesn't just create mental effects, it has physical symptoms. Okay, so in other words, you're not just going to feel anxiety, you're going to notice physical symptoms. Trauma creates symptoms, okay, not just mental effects. So some of the physical symptoms that I felt were things like... um, I would find that I couldn't control how my adrenaline would go. Like, I would just be shaking when at night, just trembling almost because my body was flooded with this idea that I was still in a fight or a flight moment. Um, I found that sleeping could be very, very difficult, that I had a hard time figuring out a way to wind down. And, and eating was really weird. After the stress... I had almost no appetite, or the stuff that I ate made me feel nauseous. My physical stomach was all off. And the counselors were really helpful because they just reminded us, that's not weird, that's normal. Because you're not just a spiritual self, you're a physical self. And the stress, this overwhelming traumatic moment you live through, has released all all of these chemicals, like dumping them. It's like if your normal self physically is like a fire, these stress chemicals are like just dumping gasoline onto the normal bodily systems. And so I developed, kind of listening through these trauma counselors, a four-part prescription that I was going to follow to try to get healthy. I felt like everything in my life was out of control after the craziness of that moment. And so I wanted to take control of something. So I just said, okay, God, I'm not just a spiritual person. I'm a physical person. And so I'm going to do some physical things to help me heal. One was I wanted to pay more attention to sleep. Second, uh, I needed to get in the sun more. Vitamin D, sun made me feel good. And especially it helped me wake up and it helped me go to sleep to get sun in my eyes at the beginning of the day, right when I woke up and to see the sun setting. Uh, I found peaceful. I needed to sweat, okay? I needed to sweat every day. One of the trauma counselors told us that actually the way that your body processes cortisol, this stress hormone out, it goes out fastest in uh, the liquid of tears or sweat. So he said, if you want to help yourself deal with the stress, you cry and you run. Or sometimes um, I would cry while I was running, and that's like a double whammy. And then the last one, so sleep, sun, sweat, and physical loving touch. I, I had to touch my wife, like hold her hand, be next to her, make sure I gave her a hug every day. I would give people around the office a hug. There's a reason why when we're in stress, we actually feel like we need to literally lean on someone else. So that four-part prescription, sleep, sun, sweat, and a loving touch, Those were physical things that I felt like were wise to help the anxiety and stress and just mental overwhelm that I was going through. And weight loss became a a part of that. Not because I was like going on some big weight loss plan, but by being more healthy in other areas, I found actually paying attention to what I ate, um, 
Some people call it intermittent fasting. I just call it drinking coffee and not eating breakfast. But that's a way that my body works really normally, and it felt good to me. I noticed that when I was stressed, I tended to stress eat by having snacks late at night, which both like made my stomach upset when I woke up in the morning, and that was a bad time to eat. So I basically just stopped eating breakfast and stopped eating after 8 o'clock at night. And then I just tried to eat good food that I liked to eat. Putting those pieces together um, without a time, I mean, I had some intention, but I, I didn't know this was going to be the way it went. I ended up losing 20 to 30 pounds. I ended up learning how to run and enjoying that deeply. I ended up finding a rhythm that slowly and steadily didn't just result in physical changes, it, it began to help me feel like a whole person again. Because I'm not just a spiritual person. I'm a physical person. I always have been, and I always will be. We can go far too far on this, friends. But, I mean, think of our American, you know, obsession with looking good, feeling great, going to the gym. Look, you can get onto this in an obsessive way that is unhealthy. You can become idolatrous, but I want you to realize idolatry and the unhealth of pursuing physical health is largely just you loving something that is already good a little bit too much. I mean, that's the way idolatry works, right? Idolatry is an overlove of a good thing. You can overcare about your physical body. You can obsess about everything. Try to perf- you know, find the perfect diet. There's no such thing as a perfect diet. There are generally healthy things you can do. So obsession is not what I'm advocating for. To honor God, you don't obsess about the physical body. You honor the physical body. You honor the rhythms that God has woven into the world. You honor the way that he has created you as a physical, spiritual being. So Here's my challenge to you, thinking about all this, how your body matters to God, how the way you eat, the way you sleep, getting in sun actually can deeply infect the way you feel, the way you process the world, the way you pray. I want you to take a look at your life and just ask, are there any areas where I am physically just out of whack, where I need a gentle correction back, not just to lose some weight, but to honor my creator? to live inside the sort of pattern that he has given for me. Maybe it's something with eating for you. There's an unhealthy tendency to deal with your stress by eating food. Maybe it's you need to just be like me, be sweaty and steady. You know, that was my phrase in the summer. Steady, like just keep kind of working out every day. Don't don't think about it. Don't upset. Just get get sweaty and be steady. Maybe that's something you need to do. Just pick that up, right? Maybe it's the sort of thing where getting some sun, which by the way, I know we're in Iowa, it's getting ready to be nasty outside, but you can still go outside with a coat on people and look at the sun. So do that. Maybe it's just pursuing physical relationships with physical people, being in proximity, not being in isolation. Remember, here's the point. Your body matters to God, both now and forever. We are physical, spiritual people, all of that blended together. And so health in one area pretty naturally leads to health in another area. So I'm hoping that you pursue some health here. And I'm hoping that this little reflection gives you a, a place to just find some traction to move forward. 
So this was part one of this, because part two, what we're going to do is I'm going to reflect on that in relationship to rest over the holidays. I want to suggest that since your body matters to God and sleeping, resting, and renewal are part of how we care for the body, the hustle and bustle of Christmas, you might need to do some planning to counteract that. So more in the next Equip Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today, friends. 